and honey, you better run along home and live your life without Billy Ben Turner. I won't have any life without him. You gotta help me. Well, I got something I could give you, but the price is high. What is the price? You'll know in the midnight hour of time. Whatever it is, I'll pay. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And howdy, guys. It's Terry. And we're talking to you here at uh, the 8 o'clock of the hour of time as we're getting ready to talk about uh, some Jess Bell. Like, did you notice how she's like, you'll find out at the midnight hour of time as opposed to the midnight hour of Akron, Ohio. Like, I don't understand what the... Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the midnight hour of the fourth meal. Like, what? Like, I don't know why it needed clarification. But yeah. She did it. It's almost as if the script was written, written in less than one week. But we'll talk about that when we get there. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of trivia about this episode. I cannot wait to talk about this thing um, because uh, there is... Uh, there are moments that are just gut-bustingly funny in this episode that I was not expecting and not intended. Uh, no, I, and, I I agree with you. And I just got to tell everybody, I know maybe maybe you've not been watching season four because they are a little bit longer and they're a little harder to get to. Um, stop what you're doing and watch this because uh, it's not the best episode of Twilight Zone. It's not the worst. It is definitely um, the most random at times. Um, and so I cannot wait to talk about this. Like, And I never thought I'd be excited about an Earl Hamner episode. So, yeah. All right, that's that's my front selling of it, and I cannot wait to hear your reactions to things. Because I was watching this, I was like, "Oh my god, what's Terry going to think about some of this stuff?" I had to chuckle uh, uh, more than once, and, oh. and I, I was I was I put little cues in here for my notes too. So good. Um, Did you actually put like music cues in, like every every like fifteen yes. lines you put? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so this is a season four episode nine. Sorry, it's episode nine. I'm I'm hey, I'm so far ahead in the season. I'm done. No, uh, season four episode seven. Jess Bell. Um, it, the air date was actually, uh, February 14th, 1963 Valentine's day. I wasn't paying attention that this actually was a Valentine's day episode and this episode does deal with love. So go to the twilight zone, the program it correctly. And we're just like, we're going to take a break and do something about romance. It's like, Oh, had we been paying attention, we probably could have line this up really probably. well, yeah. but that's fine. I was glad to talk about tales from the crypt. Uh, so number one song is a, uh, Hey Paul, sorry. Hey Paula by Paul and Paula. Um, Terry and I talked about this song last week for recording. He's like, I don't know if I know this one. I'm like, I'm aware of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 
it just whatever. It's fine. It's a, it's a little romantic ditty, but it's like anytime the name Paul is involved, clearly I've heard the sung to me, you know, at some point in my life. Brings back bad memories, apparently. It's not bad. I mean, I don't know. It's just great. It's just if your song's called Hey Paula by a duo called Paul and Paula, what's your follow up? Hey Paul. And then after that, what's your other follow up after that? And I don't know. <laughs> nothing. Uh, so, number one film is called A Child Is Waiting, not um, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, uh, surprisingly. Here I've is the heard of this. Yeah, I I, wrote, I, I found like a, a user. This is user submitted for IMDb for a description. So grain of salt. Uh, Jean Hansen comes to a school for disabled children to work uh, there as a teacher. She becomes particularly interested in, in young Ruben, an autistic boy whose parents have not visited him for several years. But the school principal, Doctor Doctor Clark, does not appreciate her keen interest. So it's like this, you know. It's it's. I think it's one of the statement movies, you know. But it's just like, I I don't know. I'm hoping that this is all handled with care, but you don't know. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That sounds, you know, sounds challenging. And also considering that, you know, autism at the time was something that was, you know, just beginning to be, you know, addressed. And addressed. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Hmm. Uh, sounds interesting enough. Yeah. So also for day and date uh, on February 14th, 1963, Tab was uh, started being test marketed in Springfield, Massachusetts, which was um, Coca-Cola was trying to come up with like a lower calorie drink. And um, Tab is still available in places. I see it every so often. I was wondering if it was. Yeah. Because huh. I was talking to my wife about this, and I was like, "Do you remember Tab?" And she's like, "No, I don't know. I've never heard of that." Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so, and the reason the name Tab is because they're trying to find like simple three-letter words just to attach, because it's like easy to remember. And someone looked down at a, like um, at a keyboard on a typewriter and saw Tab. Ah, so that's where the name came from. And it's like, okay, well, there you go. I thought so, it was an acronym for something. Or yeah, uh, totally awesome beverage. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then also um, a couple days later on February seventeenth, Michael Jordan was born. Oh, you know, good, star good of star of Space Jam and also a six time NBA champion. You know, yeah. so I had uh, a note uh, on the twelfth. Uh, the construction of begins on the Gateway Arch in St. Louis. Funny that you say that because. Um, uh, the other show that I do, the Invasion of the Podcast, you told me that you, you know, the most recent episode we talked about Doctor Sleep, blah, 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 blah. I had a game at the end about like stuff that was old and I specifically mentioned the arch. So uh, that's weird that you brought that up. So, and I know you had to listen to that. Uh, so I don't know why I'm bringing that up. That just freaks me out. That makes twice that the gateway arch has been brought up, like in terms of like me researching it and then you finding it too. And so, you talked about white castle last night and we talked about white castle yeah, like yeah. 10 minutes so ago. So I feel like, uh, I feel like now it's almost like the ring. Like I'm going to have to go to the arch in St. Louis and have white castle and die within seven days. So, you know, what a way to go though. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, it might happen that, it, you know, at the, the hour of midnight, you know, uh, of time, that mm-hmm. might happen. So, yeah. Uh, I also got to point out with Michael Jordan being born, that would also mean that one day the Michael Jordan crying meme would be born. So we got to remember, you've seen the Michael Jordan crying meme, right? I, I'm sure I have. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of yeah. crying memes online. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I got for day and date. So let's get into uh, cast and crew. Okay. So our director on this one is Buzz Kulik. Kulik, yes. Yeah, Buzz Kulik. Um, he did eight other episodes of Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have them all listed, but I have a, a, a bunch of them. So King Nine will not uh, return. Mm-hmm. Trouble with Templeton. Uh, Static. 
and 100 yards over the rim. Yeah, and he also did uh, The Mind of the Matter, uh, a game of pool, which had Jack Klugman, mm-hmm. which is a great one from season three. Quality of Mercy, uh, which was the one that had Dean Stockwell in it. That was really good. So Buzz Kulik is, a, is a, a veteran of the show, and he's had some good episodes and then some not-so-good episodes. But it's also, you could tell with... Um, uh, was it uh, Hersher, the guy that's a uh, Hirschman that's producer this time around that and Serling, you know, he was trying to make sure that we kept like known commodities around. Right. And it's good on them to bring Buzz Kulik back because he is a very stable director. Like King nine will not return as much as I have quibbles with the script. Some of his directing choices that are, are awesome. So, and there's some really cool things that go on this episode too. So right. yeah, I was excited to see Buzz Kulik again. Yeah. And then the other connection that he would have would be, uh, he did play house 90 as well. That, yeah. There you go. So, and then our writer is Earl Hamner. 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 Okay. Hamner. <laughs> Earl Hamner uh, Jr. Uh, he did seven other episodes of Twilight Zone. He did A Hunt, uh, A Piano in the House, Ring a Ding Girl. Uh, you. You drive. You drive. Yeah. And the uh, yeah, that's all I have uh, for those episodes. Yeah, and there's another one like Black Leather Jackets, which so the only two the two that we know so far because I've not seen I've seen you drive and we'll get there. It's in season five. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so far we've seen the hunt and a piano in the house, which were two of uh, the hunt is one of the episodes I just despise with like the passion of a, like you know a, like the fury of a thousand suns. Okay. I despise that episode. Uh, and then a piano of the house is just a weird episode and it's like, it's not good either, but it gets some really weird places. Hmm. Hamner was mainly known for creating the Waltons. Yeah. That's his big yeah. claim to fame. Uh, but he created this after, but he has like this kind of like down home sensibility that just there's this episode throughout. Um, so, uh, but knowing that he was the one that wrote the hunt, and I've had I've had a um, frustration with Hamner's scripts, but knowing that he's ended up writing like you know eight episodes of The Twilight Zone, and actually I want I want to believe the Bewitching Pool, which which is the very last episode of season five, is actually a Hamner episode as well. Okay, so we're not done with him, and we're going to face him again at the end of the series. So yeah. Okay, so yeah, as you said, the the Waltons, which ran for like over two hundred episodes, that was pretty. Pretty popular, and then it came back for multiple seasons after that um, for other like specials in it. And then he did Falcon Crest, which uh, apparently that was a long-running show for him as well. And then uh, he did the film story for uh, Charlotte's Web. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which again, you get that kind of like he has that kind of like uh, you know memory of of a, of a home that never was type of like you know aw shucks you know and there there is a market for that, and Sterling likes it. You yeah. know, and and I think. People, I was doing some reading, people view this as like the best Hamner script. Uh, and a lot of people view it as like, Buzz Kulik actually said this was like one of his favorite episodes of direct because he liked a lot of what was going on. So this is his wheelhouse in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it seems to make sense from the rest of his repertoire there. Yeah. So, and then uh, in our cast, we have uh, Anne Francis. Uh, she plays Jezebel Stone. And um, she did also the after hours. Yeah, she was leading that, which like I I'd forgotten because she's a blonde in that. And then I was like, oh, crap, that is her, you know, and which that that episode's amazing. Yeah. As soon as you see the eyes, I I saw that picture. I was like, damn, how wouldn't I have known those eyes? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I I feel like she was bigger than what she was and she really wasn't. And Mm. it's like because she was in uh, Forbidden Planet, which was like her big claim to fame before Twilight Zone. Yeah. And then also I just want to point this out now because this will come into play later in 1965, uh, she was cast in a show called Honey West, which uh, she was like a sexy private investigator who drove a Cobra car and had a pet ocelot. Sweet. So I, I'm going to write, not the first time 
then that she had a connection with a large cat. That's what I'm just going to throw out there. Yeah. So, yeah. So Honey West was kind of a big deal. It didn't last very long, but it was important for the kind of show it was because having a female lead and something like that wasn't something that happened often then. So, hmm. yeah. And then uh, we also had her in two episodes of Drew Carey show later on. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Yeah. With the pet ocelot. Yeah, that would have been... She like she rides a tiger in. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, so... She's, she's a Bengals fan. She just comes roaring into Cleveland, and she's riding a Bengal tiger. Boo. No, okay. Okay, yeah. anyway. <laughs> uh, and then we have James Best. Uh, he plays Billy Ben Turner. Turner. Billy Turner. Billy Ben Turner. Billy Ben Turner. Uh, anyways. Good, 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 good. <laughs> uh, he did two other episodes of The Twilight Zone. Uh, the Grave, which was one for season three. And The Last Rites of Jeff... Mortal uh, Bank. Yep. Which, uh, so The Grave is a Western that he's, he's good in that he's a spineless like guy kind of egging on uh, Lee Marvin's character. And in The Last Rites of Jeff Mortal Bank, he's the lead and he's good in that, but it's another episode that's just weird. Mm-hmm. Like, but it actually has a, a lot in tying into this episode where it's set like in like, um, like this one's set in like the mid eight. No, sorry. That one's set in like the twenties or something, but it's more rustic. Okay. And it deals with him coming back from the dead and everyone's like, what's going on with this? And he's kind of playing this like mysterious figure of like, I'm still the same. I'm acting completely different now like, type of thing. So I like James best. I do. I think he is charming. Um, I think, you know, he should have been a lead man in a lot more stuff, but he ended up being cast as eventually um, as uh, Roscoe P Coltrane and Dukes of Hazzard. Yes, I, I had that. It was like his biggest claim to fame. So yeah. it was like 141 episodes on there. Yeah, and he was in Hawaii as well. So I got yeah, right out there. Yeah. I was going to mention that. Yeah. And then he was also in uh, Forbidden Planet as well. There you go. And uh, he was the robot. That's not true. <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah. Jay's best was Robbie the robot. You just never saw him. <laughs> and then, uh, Why is that robot got a southern accent? Like, <laughs> and the thing I would know him from, uh, the, the Beast from 20,000 Phantoms. So. Okay, great. Yeah, the the Harryhausen, yep. the, the the pre Godzilla American yeah, monster believe, film, and I believe we talked about that last yeah. week as well. There you go. So, so love that film. All right, and then uh, Laura Devon, uh, she plays Elwin Glover. Glover. Yeah. I don't know why I'm not able to talk tonight. Sorry, guys. Well, it's, a, it's you don't you don't know it, but I witched you earlier. I just, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm like about every every time I'm saying these names, I'm about to speak with an accent, so I'm, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm being bewitched. Yeah. Um, and so, and she had only one episode of Twilight Zone. That was this, obviously. Uh, 25 episodes of the Richard Boone show. Yeah, it was like a, it was an ensemble thing. And there's yeah. actually some other cast members t- in this that we're talking yeah. about that's in there. I didn't make a note of it because I didn't really know the show. Uh, her big claim to fame in a weird way is actually uh, her son, Kevin uh, Jair. It's J. J-A-R-R-E, so it's Jar. He took his uh, stepfather's name, I think, hmm. wrote the screenplay for Tombstone. Oh, and he cool. wrote actually a couple of different like known screenplays. He was supposed to direct it, and then they, they had like um, I, um, like creative differences. Yeah. And then, so he didn't direct it, but he wrote he wrote Tombstone. And he, he died early too, but he ended up writing like a couple of like big Hollywood films. Yeah, so her claim to fame isn't quite hers. So. Well, but still, <laughs> but like just again, she reminded me a lot of like, um, oh, shoot. Uh, she had a really, really pretty face, and I was like, "This is someone I should know." Like, not that I'm saying like, "Oh, it's a pretty," pr-, but it's like, like, pretty blonde girl in the Twilight Zone. It's like she reminded me a lot of, um, oh, the girl from the Hitchhiker, and I forget her name off the top of my head, but she, Inger Stevens, reminded me a lot of her. And it's like, and I thought she was going to go on to be something bigger because yeah. she had that look. 
yeah, this was she had a look that was really popular around that time for film. Oh yeah, that, so and she, but she did a, like her third husband was like a, a music composer or score like a composer for film. Okay, and then she retired from acting. So ah. that's what happened. Yeah, I did with notice her. that yeah. she had kind of a short career. So yeah, she only died a few years ago, if I yeah. remember right. But yeah, like the, her 2016, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock. Dude's when Ocelot slay. Ocelot just killed her. Like that's finally finished the job. Is what happened. Like <laughs> just Bill came back. Uh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> pump then, the smoke after. No one know what happened. All right. So and then we have Jeanette Nolan. Uh, she was Granny Hart. Uh, she was also in The Hunt. Yes. Um, uh, gritting my teeth. Came back. <laughs> Uh, she's great in this episode. Like it's, a, yeah. she's, she is amazing in this episode. Cause she knows what she's doing in terms of like, she knows the character and like, she plays it with like this, like it, it, it feels like the poison apple. Yeah. Like where it's like, it's just, it's a, like, it just feels like, Oh, Ooh, there's something wrong here, but right. you don't know to begin with. But to be fair, the first time you see her in this episode is a little weird, but, uh, I hated her in the hunt. Like she plays like um, the wife of the main character. And I just got to, I pulled this audio from that episode that I played at the end of the hunt. I edited it a little bit then. I'm just going to play it now because I just, um, her voice is very distinct. So let me, where is it at? Um, here it is. And two days ago, a bird flew in the house and bit on your side of the bed and nearly scared me to death. <laughs> That was good. I, I, I added the sensor for no reason because because she said lit upon the side of the bed, but yeah. I just wanted to be like I, I just <laughs> I just love I'm gonna play one more time because I love it so much. And two days ago, a bird flew in the house and bit on your side of the bed and nearly scared me to death. <laughs> I want to get it as a ringtone. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so weird. like so I, re- I heard her voice. I'm like, oh, it's the girl from the hunt, and it's like it's a Hamner episode. Of course it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the big thing with her uh, is that uh, she, um, let's see what I have, what I had her written here. She was in The Fox and the Hound. Yep. Um, she actually made her film debut as Lady Macbeth and Orson Welles film Macbeth in 48. So that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of like, she had these big moments, but there wasn't a whole lot of follow through. Not Probably not because of lack of effort, because she's certainly capable. But yeah, she, she had, she had chops. Yeah, there was like a charisma uh, in her taking on like the certain aspects of the role. Like as we talk about the episode more, we'll go into that. But yeah, I, I liked her. Um, and she was also in Hawaiian Eye as well. Oh, good call. Yep. And then the, that Richard Boone show as well. And then for me, the biggest thing, which I thought was so interesting, and I recognized her voice the moment I heard it. Just couldn't place it. She plays the voice of Norma Bates. Well, wait, is that... Are you talking about? No, I think you're talking about uh, Virginia. Oh, oh, both of the them. Both you're right. Of, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So and that was like a nice little. Uh, so she was the voice once, but Greg, who we're talking about second, was the mm. is the the mainstay that covers the other films. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, but, I stole your thunder. I apologize. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. So she she played the voice don't, as well. Don't you witch me. <laughs> so yeah. So and then as uh, Paul said, yeah, Virginia Gregg was in this as well, and she plays Aussie Stone, uh, the mother of uh, at one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ellie. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ellen. Ellie May. That's okay. not her name. Ellie May Clampett. That's not her name. Yeah, uh, so but Ellen. She, she made an appearance in one other episode, The Masks. That's in season five, so we've not yeah, gotten there yet. So. Yeah. And then she was in Johnny Midnight. Yes, I have three episodes of Hawaii and I, one episode of Johnny Midnight. Uh, and then, so actually, so you, I'll let you say the thing about Psycho, which I kind of stepped on. I apologize. Uh, but she, um, Greg once said of her work as a character actress in television, I work subtly, but I have no identity. When casting people have a call for a woman who looks like the wrath of God, I'm notified. Interesting. I mean, 
it, it pays the bills, right? But she plays the distraught mother here. Yeah. And she she calls it as she sees it. She's not wrong, you know? But I think she was good in this, too. Again, given the nature of the script and things, I I, I don't think the performances are bad. I just think that the some of the dialogue and situations are a bit goofy, you know? Yeah, so, a little bit. But, yeah, so yeah. Um, as we were saying before, she also plays the voice of Norma in Psycho, but she also did the voice in Psycho 2 and Psycho 3. There you go. So, yes. So I, I, I stole your thunder. So. Ah, that's okay. And she was in the Adams family. You can always say this to me. Oh, shut up, Paul. You can always throw that there out. There we go. Fun, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was in the Adams family as well. I love the Adams family. So, And then we have George Mitchell. He plays Luther Glover, and that's the father. Uh, he was in three other episodes of The Twilight Zone. He was in The Hitchhiker, Execution, Ring-A-Ding Girl, and in this yep. one, yeah. Yep. So we're getting girls. Uh, it's coming in season five, I believe. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's I, that's all I got because like it just I recognized him in execution. He was the beginning when there's a bunch of like different like Western people surrounding like the one of the main characters that's be, about to be hanged. I recognize his face. Yeah, that's about it. It's, I, I do have one little note on here for something that you played in. It just sounded so interesting, and this is kind of my thing now. I'm like looking for weird crap that any one of these actors <laughs> it, is in. It, if people do deep dives in this time frame, and yeah. like, there's going to be a lot of weird genre stuff that makes me excited. Like, yeah. So yes, please. So, okay. Now it's called, <laughs> I'm so excited for this. It says invasion of the animal people. Aliens release a furry critter in the, the wilds of Lapland where it takes a, a woman captive and threatens a group of scientists. I think that's the plot for the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Okay. I think it's a remake. <laughs> It's it just is it a leopard? Is that what, <laughs> does it go? Is it a leopard? It looks like a skunk, Lapland? It looks like a skunk ape from the <laughs> skunk ape. I'm, I'm not even joking. If you look at the poster, oh, it looks I'm like down. a skunk ape, dude. It looks yeah. hilarious. There I'm was like, there was another film that we heard we we, we were, during our research for the show at times called The Night God Screamed. That sounds amazing. So yeah. like yes, this is what I love is that you just find this stuff. Like yes, I'm down to watch this. Yeah. If I can just, find the, it. just the title alone, I was like. Hmm, I got to look at this poster. If, if, you, if you could find this, we will cover it for the show. I guarantee it. Hell yeah. yeah. All right. Anyways, and then he also did Playhouse 90. So, And then uh, we also have Helen Klebe. Klebe? I don't yeah, know. That sounds right. Yeah. Klebe. Uh, she was Maddie Glover. Uh, only two, oh, no, only this Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. And then she was on Playhouse 90, Lost in Space, and an episode of The Munsters. But mainly known as Miss Mandy Baldwin on The Waltons. Yep. 66 episodes. Yeah. And that's all I had for cast. So I have uh, Jim Bowles as Obed Miller. Uh, second of t- two Twilight Zone appearances was also in The Arrival. Don't recall who he was. Two episodes of Hawaiian Eye. That's why I wrote the note. And then John Lormer, which I'm going to I'm gonna give you grief. You should have caught this one. He's the, uh, he was the minister that uh-huh. was the, the square dance. And he, no, no, sorry. He was the, the one, the minister overseeing, you know, the wedding. Yeah. He was the father and creep show for Father's Day. Get the hell out of here. Yep. He wanted his cake. And for shame, And I Terry. did not give it to him. I am sorry. Yeah, I can't um I can't believe it. I'm here I'm gonna turn my face and look at you and do one of these. Oh. I'm so upset. Damn it's it. I'm button happy tonight. It's almost oh. as if a bird shit on my side of the bed. Uh so <laughs> uh no, but this is his fourth of four Twilight Zone appearances. Um I'm sure we probably mentioned that previously. If not, then that's my that's a faux pas on my part not picking up on this guy. He was also an execution, which we mentioned re- uh, recently, Dust, uh, another Western, and the last rights of Jeff Myrtle Bank. So if we had not covered it then, shame on me. But when I saw his face, I'm like, that's right, because he would be slamming his cane, asking for his cake. I want my cake, and Bedelia. That's him. Yeah. 
Oh, man. I really thought you were going to get that one. That's oh, why I was waiting. That's so. a fail on my part. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. So, yeah, that's your cast and crew. So let's just get into the Surly intro. Just a heads up. I'm going to... It, it starts about halfway through this clip, but it's important that you guys, if you've not watched the episode, there's a interesting framing device throughout the whole thing um, that you're going to hear it first, and we'll, we'll talk as it goes through the episode about it. The Twilight Zone has existed in many lands in many times. It has its roots in history and something that happened long, long ago and got told about and handed down from one generation of folk to the other. In the telling, the story gets added to and embroidered on so that what might have happened in the time of the Druids is told as if it took place yesterday in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Such stories are best told by an elderly grandfather on a cold winter's night by the fireside in the southern hills of the Twilight Zone. I just like that there's different geography in the Twilight Zone sometimes. Like the southern hills, you know, like, okay, good. I didn't know that there was nice southern hills in the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's that framing device of the like this folk song that runs throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which at first I was just like, oh, they're doing that. And I'm like, oh, they keep doing that. Oh, that's when it, that keeps happening. Yeah. And it's, it's not unwelcome. It's just, it's different. I'll say that. So before we get to that, it's, we're going to talk probably a little bit more about that as we go along. Um, please Terry, I, I cannot wait to hear your take on this episode. Please start us on Jess Bell. Okay. So we open up to what appears to be like a hoedown in a barn and, uh, yeah, I hate square dancing so much. <laughs> Do you have like pent up rage? Of, Not of pent up rage. It's oh. very known rage. Um, oh. <laughs> so, um, and th- I also went into this for the hunt. Like, I grew up in West Virginia. So, like, I grew up like 20 minutes south of the Mason Dixon. Somehow that makes me like Southern with, like, with my jaw broken. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm supposed to talk like an idiot. And obviously have a spittoon. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm currently barefoot and pregnant. I don't know if people could see that. Um, <laughs> um, so, I. Here's the admission, though. In like elementary school, sometimes for like gym class, we would do square dancing. Like I just you, Terry's giving me this look of like we can't be friends anymore. This is horrifying. Yeah, they, I mean they made you do this. Yeah, it was just like you know. Oh. They, and if you go digging into the roots of like square dancing, there's some really really un good things there. That's not a right word, but there's some sh- shit that happens with like appropriation and things. It's, oh, it's no. yeah, like it's it's bad. So, but yeah, we would. So I learned square dancing because you know. <laughs> It's it's one of those things where it's like oh, a small community in the middle of nowhere, nowhere, West Virginia. They don't have rhythm. We're just or coordination. We're just going to tell them what to do. They're going to spin in a circle. So yes, I have square danced. And when I start hearing this music, I'm just like gritting my teeth, like Hamner. I hate you so much. Um, so yes, we're it's a it's a. But this is also like like what the 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 late 1800s, and it's like you get this notion of like. The, you know, people going to a barn to have a dance. This is this is a rare thing, and they're going to live it up. Like, yeah, it, so you get that vibe, and that's fine. It's just just the notion of what it is, and the music bugs me. And then there's the one guy standing there, and be like, turn to the left, you know, turn to the right, reverse, reverse. He's just doing like you know, <laughs> like that's you not do, right. Are you doing the Cleveland the shuffle, right there? <laughs> the, the cha-cha, Cha- Charlie Brown, like you know. Like, <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so bad. <laughs> Now that we got that out. Now that with this, with twang, though. Dark secrets are coming yeah. out tonight. Anyways, um, so yeah, we open up to this party. Um, 
there seems to be a lot of decorations and everything. It's it seems like a little bit something more than just a regular old like dance that everybody's having to get drunk and everything. So we uh, we see uh, Elwin. Yeah, Elwin. Uh, she walks out to talk to this guy in the shadows, and that's Billy Ben. And uh, so they start dancing for a moment, and they stop, and she. She asks him, "Hey, you know what we were doing today? Where were you and all that?" And he he went to town, but he he seems a little bit shady. He doesn't really want to talk about where he yeah, was. Yeah, because at first it just feels like, is this the secret? Like, is this supposed to be like a secret love? Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, you went to town without him." He's like, "Oh, but I was thinking about you the entire time." It's yeah. like, like as much as I I hate the name Billy Ben, mm-hmm. I just I hate that. I just despise this name so much, and I had to write it down over and over again in my notes. I just Me too. hate it. Um, that it, it that he um, James Best is still like charming is like just my God, this guy's charisma and like just just in buckets. Yeah, you know, if and she had pants on, they would have been charmed right off. Yes, you yeah. know, he he really is best. All right, so uh, yeah, but they, they have this playful dialogue of like, well, I had to go without you, and I had you know, and it comes this whole thing um, where he pulls a ring out. And he's like, you know, and but she's like, oh, you know, like, can I go show everybody? He's like, if it's your pleasure. That's like the one line of this whole thing I liked where it's like, if it's your pleasure. It's like, that feels like something that you'd hear in Tombstone or something, you know. And she goes running in to show a ring off. Uh, but the father stops the dance because he knows what's up. Yeah, he already had he already had an idea of what was going on. So he goes up on top of the stage and he announces to everybody that this is a big celebration to uh, basically to celebrate their um, you know engagement. You know, because he said, he he mentioned he's like I have a good harvest and you know the the you know Lord's been good to us and also. Like it sets the stage for like the rain came when it needed to, the sun came when it needed to, like my, my pantry is full, like enjoy, but there's another reason tonight. So I think that sets the stage too, for the tragedy that's going to happen where like, like this is a blessed family. They've done well, but they also share like, so you, you never get the vibe that this family is like jerks, you know? So, and that's not important to the story, but you could have been, you know? Um, so yeah, they're just, and I forgot to mention at one point, um, Elwin said she was proud enough to cry. I hate that line. <laughs> like, I'm like, I've never been proud enough to cry over anything. Maybe I'm a heartless person. I almost felt like I was watching Blanche, like a lot Ugh. of different Blanches from Golden Girls because, <laughs> <laughs> because there's like all of these Southern things that she would say, yeah, especially yeah. like when some of her family would come into town yeah. and they would just have this dialogue between each other. It's like, do people actually talk no, like that? No, this is Hamnerverse. Uh, I, <laughs> I I literally wrote in my notes, I hate this old Appalachian dialogue, which I get it. It's like, it, it, it is, it, it probably, there's tenets of it that's probably correct. Yeah. Because um, there is this type of like um, formality and there's this like this weird, it's, it's formal and informal at the same time. And Hamner has an ear for it, which I'm sure some people love. I just, it drives me up a wall, but it does give you the character of everybody. So I guess I'd rather have him swing and try to give us something that's a little bit more flowery than just not. Right. So I, and this is supposed to be like a folklore, like Serling is setting it up where it's like, this has been told and retold. So this is supposed to be kind of like, like this is more of like a, an, an imagined idea of what happened. This is, this is the tale of caution, right? And when you hear the the ballads, not not the ballad, like the um the folk song, this is supposed to kind of have this like wispiness to it. So I get it. It still bugs me though. Right. 
So okay, enough so, about that. Yeah. I'm sure I'll, I have other notes probably about the dialogue as we go along. Anyway, sorry. So um, um, so yeah, so he announces that to the party and everything. Everybody starts cheering, yay, 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 and um, the food well, and drinker at your pleasure, yeah. which is what I'm going to say next time I have a party at my place here. When you guys are like with you and your wife over, like the food and drink are at your pleasure. Oh, you had me at drink. So, <laughs> so. I'm like, the drink is at your pleasure. The food is at your displeasure. Oh, like, yeah. Mm. Like, everybody has carrot sticks and broccoli. That's mm. what's going to happen. <laughs> Brussels sprouts at your displeasure. Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, but then we pan over to uh, this, this woman with dark hair, and that's Jess Bell. Uh, she looks a little bit more disgruntled about this. Yeah, so, she's pissed. So she makes kind of a quick getaway out of the the, par, the barn. And then Ellen, she sees this, and she's like, oh, I wonder where she's going. Billy, Billy Ben. <laughs> I like, like Billy Ben's like, it doesn't matter. And she's yeah. like, no, 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 no. She's like, if people leave my party early, that's going to be bad. And he's like, hey, you can just let her go. And it's like, he's trying to be like, basically like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Just... Just don't, don't. Yeah. You yeah. could see this weird stink guy going on between them too, like across the party. And then like she, she guns yeah, it out of you there. You knew what was up. Yeah. Like, oh no, here's- Elwin there, didn't. There, there are some deep, deep secrets now going that are being aired out at this moment. I also have suspicions that Elwin did know, and she kind of wanted to bring, make, bring Jess Bell back to rub it in her face. I have that suspicion now after seeing how it plays like out. Like being smug about it. Like, oh, like, oh no, no, you him. should have a good time. You should celebrate my love. And suck it. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. All I do is Elwin, you know, like, whatever. (laughs) So So then, so then, um, you know, uh, you know, Billy, Ben, Ben, Billy, whatever his name, you know, whatever. Billy Joe Ben. Yeah. Billy, Joe Bob Briggs goes outside, uh, to, to confront Jess and she, there's a really, this whole thing, it's all set on a soundstage, but there's some really nice shadow work here. That's really pretty. And the black and white just makes it pop. Like it's really good. Like credit to, I don't, I didn't have the cinematographer's name written down, but Buzz Kulik knows how to frame this and it's good. Yeah. But, uh, especially with, with, um, Anne Francis having jet black hair, it's tough to frame her with this, I'm sure. But like they're, they're going back and forth and you get the idea that like they, you, they used to be an item and they used to burn hot. And he was like, but I, it's all ashes now. And she's like talking about all these times. And there's some really strong innuendo of some of the stuff that she says. It's like, this is 1963. You're getting away with some of the stuff, but whatever. And, and so she says to him, like, we'll go do that. But tell, you know, tell you to tell Ellie to not uh, make her wedding dress yet because nothing's set in stone. Basically, like it's a threat. Yeah. And then Jess Bell goes off, you know, and, and but the, but um, Billy Ben. Uh, it's his name, Billy Ben. I just it sounds dumber the more I say it out loud. Um, <laughs> but he says to her that it's different that he has a different type of love with Elwin. He's like, I love her in a quiet way. Yeah. I, it's like I kind of get what he's saying, where it's like it's not as chaotic and whiplash. Yeah. But it's also this like I'm a settling. <laughs> like, yeah, it's more like I had I had my fun. I got it. I sowed my royal oats. You know, yeah. like you were the passion one, and now I'm just ready to just. Play it cool, and, and and well, Jess Bell's even point out she's like, oh, fancy clothes and a farm. basically like there's a dowry involved, and you're right. gonna you're gonna marry well, and you're gonna be set for life. I don't think she was wrong because I want to ask you now, and ask you at the end of the episode, what value does Billy Ben bring into a relationship? What does he have other than a weird house? He seems to have some livestock and that, and he has a house. Uh, that seems to be a little bit more than what maybe the women have. Like, yeah, I mean, I they're not, they're just, not bringing, you know, I, I just, other than him being like a looker and a charmer, I just feel like, like he, there's probably other people out in this town. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel it's like, I never get the, I never get his value as, 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 as a catch yeah. other than, I mean, 
I mean, we're, you know, we're we're living in an age now where it's like you can just like somebody to like somebody, and that's fine. And I feel like both these people like him, but it it feels like there's all these strings attached yeah. at this time, and I don't see it with him. Like why it's such a big deal to have Billy Ben Turner to be the catch of all catches. I don't know. He's so. probably like one of the few guys with all of his teeth. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, there's got to be some kind. He's probably one of the youngest dudes in the area that's yeah. single. You know, that's, that's fair too. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, so then uh, what happens? Then she she runs off, and then um, that's where we get the the song that we just heard, the beginning of this folk song, and then yeah. Serling's intro, which you know I got to ask the question: Where does Serling actually walk into this episode if he was here on set? Where is that? I think he's like on the other side of the bushes, waiting for somebody else to come out for him. You know, <laughs> you know he's like you pan over to the left yeah. of the barn, and there he is. Yeah, just like he looks at Billy, but he's like, "What do you got?" No, yeah. uh, just like a cigarette lights in the dark, and you see his face. Yeah, that little ember, little ember in the dark. <laughs> and he yeah. lights a lantern with it, and he goes on to tell the story. You know, yeah, I, I was thinking maybe he'd be in with like the square dance, and like you know that would be great. Like he'd be in with the band. Like there we go. Yeah, he's just <laughs> but, playing an upright bass or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like he's like playing like like you know like a like a fifties jazz musician. And yeah. It's like in the middle. It's like it's like I know you guys don't get this, but your kids are gonna love it. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there you go. Yeah. So, um, but I, I kind of like his intro of just like you know this. These are stories told from generation to generation, basically saying like he says something about like the druids. Like this is something like this is a tale like that's been told, mm. and but we're framing it in this specific rustic Americana, and then. You know, you could tell that Serling likes Hamner's stories, and he frames it well. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can see that um, being like kind of like a transferable storyline too. You can take it and and really, you're, what you're trying to do is gravitate towards the meaning of the story, like the message. And so, well, there's a lot of like, what would you do for the sake of love, right? And it's like that's pretty universal. Yeah, we've seen that even in past episodes. That, so. Yeah. So, all right. So then we cut to commercial. Come back and tell me what we see. And this is one of the best things I've seen in the Twilight Zone in forever. I think this is really interesting. Yeah. And this is what I think you were alluding to with the the, the bad apple thing, um, the yeah, poison t- apple. That, that's fair. Yeah. So um, we see a what looks to be a witch. She's all cloaked and uh, she's turning over like a, I don't know, some cauldron or something it, like that. Like a, a fire. fire or something. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. you know, like it's pretty creepy. Yeah. She's just making weird noises Enchanting, and saying incantations yeah. or something. But uh, then she hears a knock on her door. When she turns, but we don't see her quite turn. And when the transition happens, she's just some Southern lady now. The yeah, old I, Southern lady. I called her Darth Sidious when I first Darth saw her. <laughs> I, I was just like, bring me the Skywalker. You know, like, um, and I was like, oh, it's Grady Hart. Okay. But yeah, no, credit credit to her. Like, it's like, I understand they're giving up the game that the audience knows that there's something wrong. But yeah. it's like, I wasn't expecting that imagery. It's pretty striking. Yeah, it was pretty it, sweet. I, I, I liked it. I was like, ooh, this is getting spooky. Yeah. yeah. And so then, um, so we got Jess Bell visiting her. And then I, I wrote here, I do love how um, Grady Hart switches from like lovely to sickly sweet and like just back and forth and like menacing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's more the poison apple I was talking about. Like it's, oh. but you're, but, but I think it's, it's appropriate because it does make me think of Sleeping Beauty yeah. with, you know, with the witch of like, you know, it's just this whole notion of like, there's something wrong, but then she turns on the charm but there's like um 
there is, it feels like, and I know because I recently watched Dr. Sleep for the other show I do. It feels very Stephen King where it's like someone can put this front face where everything they're saying is nice, Mm -hmm. but you just don't feel good the entire time talking to them. She was nailing that the entire time. Like I loved her performance. Yeah. She, I, when she's talking to Jess Bell, she's as sweet as can be, but yeah. then there's like these little bits of like Under, hints. hints. Yeah, there's yeah. undertones. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, Jess says, Oh, hey, you know, uh, I've heard some rumors around town that, uh, you know, there's somebody who can make potions and that. Like, they had this crying baby that, or the sick baby. And the potion was given to the sick baby, and the baby's fine now, except it has the fits. Yeah, it's like, she, and then and Gray Hart's like, well, that kid's okay now. It's like, well, it has the fits. And basically, she shrugs like, yeah, kid's alive. What do you want to do? Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, and I heard that you, cur- like, someone got cursed or something because there was a, 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 was it a crow that they killed. And she was like, well, that was my favorite crow. It's like, oh, don't cross Granny Hart because you're going to pay. Um, and then Jess Bell calls her a witch. And Granny's like, ah, you know, she kind of, she's like, if I was a witch, I'd be flying around on a broomstick. I'd be running my Uber all over the place. It'd be great. <laughs> and she plays it off. Um, but then Jess Bell brings her, like, if you can do these things, then, you know, I want to win the heart of Billy Ben Turner. And, and, but then Granny's like, well, what do you have to pay me? And Jess Bell's like, I don't have anything except like, she's like, I have this like stick pen in the back of my hair. That's pearl with silver. She seems very interested. As soon as she, she starts like, Pressing, pr- pr- uh, being pressy with her, prissy with her hair, and she's like, "Oh, I know the best spot for that." You can see that in her eyes. Yeah, she's planning it. Yeah, but then she says, "And it has a silver pin." Yeah, and, and then, then and then Granny Granny freaks out. Yeah, um, yeah. that was uh, like mushrooms to me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't like mushrooms? I hate mushrooms. I, I hate mushrooms too. Oh. We just become best friends. Power like, up, dude. Like, yeah. like you just said, power up. Just like we just had a mushroom from Mario. <laughs> I don't like that. Like, I know. I know. You asked me to be in your wedding party. But now I think we're best friends because we both eat mushrooms. Mushrooms are gross, dude. Well, they grow on dead things. Why would people like them? Yes, they're fungus. Also, the texture's weird. Yes. Everyone's like, but they absorb the flavor of what's around them. They like, grow you, know, on- you know what also absorbs the flavor of what's around it? The stuff already that's in it. Right. That's what... <laughs> right. Dude, like, mushrooms are gross. Ugh. Like, I, I used to live with people that they were... like One of them was vegetarian, um, like, for the most part. Like, they wasn't. it wasn't like a a um lifestyle choices that they, that's what they preferred to eat so it wasn't like a, like the animal thing which i okay. respect that as well but so there'd be times where they make dinner and i eat they're like paul did you like that I'm like yeah that was pretty good they're like it had mushrooms in it i'm like god damn it like they would just got like, me again yeah Sons so of bitches. yeah so yeah <laughs> i just mushrooms are weird like if you want to give me a substance that absorbs the flavor that's around it i'll eat tofu tofu I, yeah. tofu's fine yeah that's fine so, anyway sorry anyways <laughs> So mushroom rant out. Um, but yeah. So, Terry and I, a bunch of fun guys. We hate fun guy. Yeah. Damn straight. And um, so like, so she, she finds out that it's made out of silver and this is obviously a problem. She tells uh, Jess Bell to put it away immediately. Get it out of my sight. Yeah. You know? And, but she's like, there's other ways you can pay. And it's like, you know, you get the notion of like, well, there's a deal with the devil coming here. And, and Jess Bell's like, I'll pay whatever. She's like, well, the price is dire. She's like, I'll do it for Billy Ben Turner. And so, and then she's like, okay. All right, here you go. I'll give you this thing to drink. Just drink it. And then she's like, okay, what's going on? It's like, you'll find out in the midnight hour of time. Yeah. <laughs> like, she does yeah. like the degeneration X thing too. Like, she's like, <laughs> yeah, she puts her hand. Like, no, she goes through like a little bit of a ritual. And it's like, yeah. again, I like her performance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very much like a, a needful things thing where it's like, you, you don't know what you've paid yet. But you've paid. Perfect analogy. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's perfect. Uh, if anybody had ever seen that movie, 
that has a series of events that are similar to this. So. Where it's like you get what you want, but there's a huge price. And there's actually like two weird effects to this that one of them I wasn't seeing coming. So, all right. Um, we get her doing this and then basically she's like, has Billy been mine? She's like, well, the next time he sets eyes on you, it will be. So she goes back to the dance. Billy bids with Elwyn. They're dancing. And then he makes eye contact with, uh, with Jess Bell. And then it's like, it's just magnetic. He starts dancing with her and then they just slowly dance out of the barn. And it's like, I just one I hate the square dancing music going on, but that's just me. Uh, um, and I also want to point out that earlier, did they start playing the old Southern cross during one of the songs while they're dancing to it? That's what it felt like to me. I felt like they were playing the old Southern cross. That's neither here nor there. Okay. That's a weird song to dance to. Um, just want to point that out. But anyway, so as they leave, um, like that's somehow the straw that broke the, the camel's back about the new engagement where it's like, did anybody ask questions? It's like, Elwin, you asked to have Jess Bell come back and suddenly she's getting along with, with, you know, Billy Ben. I hate that I said those words out loud, but it's like, did you want to even bother asking what happened? Nope. Like everyone's like, Oh, the engagement's off. And it's like, how can he do this? And Elwin's like, yeah, it breaks my heart, but I'd take him back. Yeah. <laughs> The like, way the way that everybody's reacting is like they just dropped down to the floor and started making out and everything. Yeah. It's like oh. it was like you know it's like is this like are they are they just procreating right now? No, they're not. It's yeah. it, they just but it's like back then it's like oh, how dare he look yeah. at another the disrespect? Woman. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like the white gloves come out and slapping starts right. But, right. But she's like I'd take him back and then and then she's like he's bewitched. It's like so you just know that okay. Perfect. This is the first of like many times in this episode where people just know things that they they really have no bearing on knowing. Uh, but yeah, so then, uh, so that's it. So they wander out. I'm not sure if there's a commercial break there, but I know we, um, no, no, they go, um, they go to the hillside, Billy Ben and Jess Bell go to the, like this, they, it's a really, again, the, the lighting in this and the shadows are great. And he doesn't want her to go and he's getting real handsy with her. Yeah. Like really, like even now you're like, yeah, I don't like cool. the scene. It reminded me of the craft um, when she puts that love spell on the one dude and he gets like really aggressive with yeah. her. And I'm like, dude, this better not go any further than But that. it still kind of does, though, which yeah. is the thing that I didn't see coming was the like you got what you wanted and he can't stop thinking about you. Yeah. Like and that kind of that that goes through a lot of the episode until it suddenly doesn't, but it, pre it presented an interesting problem. Like I thought that was kind of cool, but she just like just hauls off and slaps him. That calms him down for a second. He's like, yeah, I'll walk you home. And then he gets her and he's like, but I need one more kiss for her. Go inside. She's like, you're fine. And like kicks and closes the door on him. And then she gets into her room. And tell me, tell me what happens at midnight of, and at midnight in the hour of time. Tell me what happens here. Well, she, she runs past her mom to get into her room too. So it's like, she wants to know about the night and she just looks at her like, uh, -uh and closes the door. Yeah. So she's in her room. There's the ringing of the bell. It's midnight now. And it's like a slow, weird phasing effect. It's not, it's not even a phasing. She drops to her knees. Like she goes yeah. all fours. Yeah. And then it does like this. It just does a fade. Like it just goes like, you know, like a fade wipe mm -hmm. to, to her suddenly becoming a, a, a spotted leopard. Yep. And that's it. Yep. Yep. There it that's is. It. <laughs> there's a little, there's a little smoke. It's like, it's leopard, you know, mm. like I'm like, oh, well, I, I, I will. I'm not going to lie. Like when I was telling you last week. I saw a teaser for this episode at the end of Death Ship. When you watch on CBS All Access, they actually have the Sterling teasers at the end. So I knew that there was going to be a leopard involved somehow. I didn't know in this capacity. And I'm just like, what just happened? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> so I was like, wait, she's a werewolf now? Or sorry, a were leopard? That's, yeah. And then, so then um, I, I laughed. I laughed. It was like, I really, I had a belly laugh when that first happened. I felt so bad because I know that wasn't the intent, but I laughed because I'm like, where is this coming from? I know. I was like, as soon as the scene happened, I was like, I didn't say anything. I just looked at my wife. She looked at me and we just looked back at the TV and was like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like unexpected. This feels like this would be the first episode of this season that I would just take people in without any context. Like, can we just watch this, please? And right. just be like, please tell me what you think. So it cuts to commercial, comes back with other song, and then so we it said a little later, like you get the notion this is going on for a little bit. And so Jess Bell is like, now she's uneasy because she has Billy Ben's love, but she also becomes a leopard at nighttime. That's a you know. I feel like we've seen this movie over and over again. It's the romantic comedy, you know, you know, girl loves boy, boy loves another girl, girl sells her soul to a witch, girl becomes leopard monster, boy loves leopard monster. Can they ever work it out? Like, I feel like we've seen this before, you know? I want to see that movie, Boy Loves Leopard Monster. Yeah. I want to see that. I'm pretty sure uh, Jennifer Garner's been in it, or Catherine Heigl, you know, like 13 going on where, Leopard. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah, so that's the whole thing where, like, you know, Billy Ben now wants to, like, set the wedding date because she's been has she has cold feet or paws uh yeah. whatever you want to say uh so <laughs> i wrote my notes here billy ben set a day for their wedding jess bell's not chomping at the bit because of the whole being a leopard at midnight thing <laughs> <laughs> like you know it's a thing it happens and the whole thing she's like well if we're together she's like i don't think you'd like me soon after basically she's basically saying something's wrong i can't tell you what but if we get married you're gonna find out real fast i I want i wish i knew what the time span was between that that night and this next it looks like the next morning but she is wearing the same dress like no it's pretty much the next day when this happens which is also another thing that's weird because she's like i need to go away for a while and 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 billy ben will let her go and he gets he, he gets real possessive again again because it is the magic that she has put on him yeah I, and that's not excusing his behavior, but this is what she wanted. And then she, like, instead of slapping him, she claws his face. And you see, like, claw marks because she's part leopard now, I yeah. guess. You know, whatever. It works. It's effective. We glaze over the fact, though, that he bring, the dirt bag brings the ring that he had just given the other girl. He got that back really quick. Yeah. And he, he get, like, she even says, isn't that Elwin's? He's like, oh, nope, no. That's just Bell's ring is, now. This is my love. This yeah. is yours. <laughs> So, but yeah, like, so she, she claws his face and gets the hell out of there. So we go, don't you realize I sold the rest of my family for this ring? Like, you know, right. And she goes back to granny hearts again. This was four year salary, $15 to get this ring. (laughs) I had to sell a sow. Yeah. This cost a buck 25. I'm not letting this go. Do you know how many times I had to try to get that out of that damn machine? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, she goes back to Granny Hearts and uh, Jess Bell wants to stop the changing. She's trying to figure out like the easiest route out of this this. Yeah, she she regrets like she now knows the price this paid. And it's like the. (laughs) I like the idea that when you see Granny Hart, it's like, it's not a witcher's cauldron. She's using like a wash bucket. Like she's just cleaning her clothes. I'm like, is that what we saw earlier where she's doing like all her incantations was like over just a pile of like laundry. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, and all she gave uh, Jezebel was like some dirty, like mop water. Or, or she's like, here, water. here, eat this Tide Pod. Your husband, <laughs> this guy will like you. It's fine. 
Um, and then, but she was like, so like she's washing, you know, she's washing. We should just, Worsh. we should use, we should use the Southern word. She was working on her wash. Yeah. Um, and then like Jezebel's knocking on the door and she won't come in and she eventually comes in. She's like, why won't you let me in? And this is one of the lines I like. And she's like, I never let trouble in the door if I can help it. Like mm. granny knows what's up. Like, she's like, Oh, you don't like the bargain buyer's remorse. Yes. That's yeah. what this is. Yeah. So, but you know, yeah, she goes on to tell granny heart hey you know i i need to change this what do i have to do and uh she's like you can't change it you know i made you a witch <laughs> which i'm like what yeah and like that's it's just like that's just something you give to people with like a what what do you chain letter like you just gave it to them like what the hell <laughs> chain letter yeah it's like you must forward this to seven people or else you'll become a witch and by which i mean a leopard at midnight and by what i mean is that you're not actually a witch but you're just a leopard at midnight like right. Because does that does that also mean that Granny Hart is also a leopard at midnight? Because we don't see her change. Good question. Like the 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 term of what a witch is, I feel like is very fast and loose in this episode. Yeah. But the notion that it, it's like you're trying to go lost boys on this, and that's not quite the way we want to go with it. But the the fact that Jezebel made she bought something with the payment that she did not realize how big it was. I get that because she's basically saying like, I have his love, but there's something been ripped from me. And, and Granny Hart's like, well, some people call that a soul. It's like, yeah, you sold your soul to get this guy's love. And the price you're paying is that he's not leaving you alone. You're still kind of agitated by this. And also you're a leopard at midnight. You know, I've, that's the fine print. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, Didn't look at the claws. No, that's what happens when you drink sex panther. And now panther. you have some. You drink sex panther and 60% of the time it works every time. And now you become a sex panther. That's what happens. Uh, but, but Granny keeps saying to her, like, you know, uh, you know, this is what you paid for. Like, why, why don't you want this? Like, she's like, be a witch. Embr- take a witch's pleasure, which yeah. is also a pretty good line. Embrace it. Yeah. And then uh, she's like, take what you paid for. And it's just, there's this whole thing that's like, I, and Jess Bell's trying to get out of this and she's like, I'll do whatever. And Grady calls her out. She's like, you're trying to get out of the first deal I made with you. Why do I trust that you're going to honor the second one? Yeah. Pretty smart on Granny Hart, you know? But yeah, she's trying to convince her, like, oh, that's a good thing. Give him a witch's love. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, just, I mean, it's going to get strange after midnight mm. is what it's going to be, you know? Uh, so then... Um, there, there's this weird. So this is this is where the padding and weirdness comes in the episode, where Jess is like upset, and then she goes and she has this whole thing at nighttime, and she's having like you literally go back. She's in like the yard in front of Billy Ben's house, struggling with this, and you hear all the dialogue again from Granny, which it's effective, but it's like we just heard it literally minutes ago, right? And so she's like, you know, like troubling over this whole thing of like, but I love Billy Ben, but. I also am a witch, I guess now a witch leopard. I don't know. It's like this whole thing. And then she ends up becoming a, a leopard again. And then the morning, like I like that in the morning she shows back up to Billy Ben and like, he's been like awake all night because he's had the worst night because something's been bothering his livestock. And it was just bell. <laughs> like the whole thing is like, oh, I had to go out and calm him down like three times. Yeah. Well, you missed the one sequence. Yeah, sorry, please. Oh, yes. So it, she actually goes in and she talks to uh, Billy Ben and says, Hey, I, I can't That's marry you. Right. Okay. Yeah, yes. I can't marry you. She gives him back the ring, essentially says that it's over. That's and, right. And then the, tri- the, the clock strikes 12 and she's like, Oh crap, I got to get out of here. So she runs out the door and he's like, trying to catch up with her as quickly as he can. Well, no, I'm sorry. He hears a noise outside. It yeah, sounds right. like an animal. So he goes out to check. He doesn't see anything at first, <laughs> but the camera pans back and you see 
the the leopard on top of his roof. Yeah, that's right. Yes, and it's like he looks around and goes back inside. I want to point. I, I should also say that when she comes back to talk to him about like giving the ring back, he says to her, "Jess Bell, you Hellcat, where you've been?" It's mm. like, oh, that's literally on the nose. Thanks, Hamner. You know, type of thing. <laughs> Uh, so you're right. I forgot to, uh, the one of the best parts is that he walks out and there's this leopard over like just watching him, you know? Yeah. And then, so then, uh, you know, that night he's like awake because she's like messing with the livestock and in the morning she suddenly, th- this is when she finally comes to the realization of like, no, 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 I love Billy Ben. We'll make it work. Yeah. Like, I just wonder where she went because like she, she, all right. So she's on the roof. But then next morning, she's coming back from somewhere. So she must have just went to sleep somewhere and coming back in the morning knows that it's going to wear off. So we see Jess Cat come back to the, the house. and Because um, yeah, she even told a story about how she saw a bird lose its mate and all this other stuff. Yeah. And it's like it's a very much, you know, like metaphor for what's going on. And then at one point, Billy Ben says to her, like, what's cursing you? It's like witch and stuff, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, she comes back. Yeah. Um, sorry, you're right. I wrote zoom like the, the whole the, the the commercial break is you see the leopard and then it zooms in on the leopard like as if the audience wasn't like I know it's a leopard yeah like, just just okay we're gonna see it some more just cat just cat and then it cuts and it cuts to the next time where we hear the song yeah um, which I don't know if you know this there's actually another verse to that song that is not in the show okay I'm gonna sing it to you right now oh, you're gonna sing it I'm to gonna me. sing it to you right now yeah do it in the same folk style I'm, I'm please. Try, I am. <laughs> You ready for this? Yes. Oh, Jess Bell's now a leopard, and Billy Ben's allergic to her, so their love weren't meant to be. God, I hear Earl Hamner shows. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty close, man. Pretty close. That was the hidden verse. I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah. Dude, the music at this point is like <laughs> killing me. Like, I was like, this is a thing. Like, I was, I it was, just keeps going. I was like, yeah. this, this is happening over. Yeah. Again. So, this is when she has the conflict of being in the yard and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then when she's like, she's on her, uh, off, like, so the leopard is in the, the, the yard and it transitions back to her and it's like the puff of smoke. Um, I wrote my notes. I know this is 63. That effect looked way older than 63. Mm. It looked like, early like you know monster films it's like you know if they're going for that type of effect sure i don't think they were i just don't think they knew how to transition well because they couldn't you know and, but we had technology that was way better than this i mean even look you could at, have had her the, wander off screen or the cat wander off screen there we go and just have it come come back or whatever you know right or you know like you could cut away to like you could even have the horse do a double take of like what and then it's cut back to her yeah or goes into the barn one side now comes jess from the sure. other side. Like, it would have worked better than what was shown yeah but it does set up an amazing transition later but yeah so what did you think of that hidden verse i just want to put the, the verse that, that didn't make the show i don't know i feels kind of feels kind of weird because Earl Hamner wrote the folk song so I don't know why he'd be commenting on his own shows but it feels weird to me <laughs> I don't know it's weird I wonder who edited it out I don't know <laughs> um, anyway, anyways so she goes back and she's she's talking to Billy Ben and it, now she wants to marry him yeah she, back, they're back together yeah. like talk about wishy-washy and your feelings you yeah know? I wrote like I was like now Jess Bell is going to marry Billy Ben this girl's all over the place. I was yeah. like, hi, mate. This was not a phrase in the 1800s. Like she is a pinball. Yeah. And the fact that he is bewitched, he's on board with whatever, you know, but it's like, it's crazy how whip fast, like just whips, like snapping back and forth her, her waffling, which I'm not saying her character having doubt and then being like, I'm going to, I am going to take a witcher's pleasure. Isn't interesting. It's just the time frame is like, 
Right. I, I can't buy that. Yeah, it, I mean, because she seems so distraught over all this crap in the beginning, but then she was easily able to get over it at this point. It just yeah. seems like it was just too quick. Like, yeah, every woman in this episode is so quick to be subservient to a dude too. She's like, "Oh, I'll make you, I'll make you like breakfast and lunch." And he's like, "Well, that's, that's all- what I've been asking the entire time." And it's yeah. like. You son of a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. You want a maid or something yeah, or a God cook. Goddamn Billy Ben. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't. No. I don't I don't even want to say anything because that crap is stupid. And so anyways. Um, yeah. He, they he just, deserves to get witched. Yeah. But yeah, she's like, I'll be making it for you every day. I do it yeah. all the time. Like, I mean, you might notice less livestock each night as you go out, but trust me, you'll have bacon for a bit and eggs for a while, but yeah. then- Maybe not. Let me go get some of that that carcass outside. Eventually, you're going to have my ma. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, they're back together. They're ready to rock and roll again. I... <laughs> and then there's this, there's the, then you get to Elwyn uh, picking flowers, yep, like up the mountain, and uh, and so Just Bell seems to go out to her purposely to confront her. There's a quick line in there. I don't know if you noticed because like uh, Just Bell's like, well, there's such and such over here, and Elwyn's like, she's like, well, there's a lot of vixen ward around here. She's just talking shit to Jess Bell. Like, you're a vixen. I'm picking up these flowers because of you. Like, I I like that, like, nice, like, quick, like, oh, I'm picking up stuff because screw you. It's vixen ward. Like, I don't need this in my life anymore. Yeah. That's a fun line. It's some cattiness there. Yeah, as much as as much as I kind of shit on Hamner, there's some there's some sneaky things he fits in I like. And then uh, Jess Bell, like, she she makes sure that she puts it out. There. Oh, I just came from Bailey Ban's house, made him some breakfast today. Yeah. <laughs> I killed them two, three cows the night before. Anyway, with with just my jaws. No, she didn't say that. Uh, but then she's like, "Yeah, oh, yeah. Did you know we're gonna get married soon?" And like, Elwin's like, "Yeah, it's not my problem anymore." And then Jess Bell has to bring up, "Well, I heard there's a wildcat like around, like killing people." And she's like, "And Elwin's like, well, I should be fine if I get home before dark." Which she doesn't know why that's like the right thing, but she's like, "I'm good." And Jess Bell seems pissed by that. And then they're talking a little bit more, and then Elwin's like, "Well." It's not going to be a problem because there's a hunting party coming out tonight to go kill her. Kill it. Like Sorry. my daddy's going out to yeah. hit him and, tonight. And Billy Ben's going to do it too. And she's like, what? Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, he's going right over to his place right now to ask yeah. him. Like, oh. So then, yeah, that, that sets up the next uh, conflict. And it, uh, I reckon. I reckon. <laughs> um, but yeah, so at uh, Jess Bell's uh, place, her mom is making her, uh, her dress. She's, uh, wedding her dress, yes. Yeah. yeah her wedding dress and she tells her mom that um that, that elwin looks sick <laughs> i thought that was really funny too because i feel like that's like shade being like oh i saw elwin up on the mountain she doesn't look so good she looks kind of sickly it's like that's of course what you'd say to an about yeah. an ex-girlfriend yeah and she looks like she might die soon or something like dude <laughs> yeah i wrote my notes 19th century shade how yeah. dismissive she is about it i was like damn girl throw those rocks yeah um but yeah so she's um She's talking to her mom, and it it basically comes out that she had went to Granny Hart, and um, it, she had talked to her about some stuff. And her mom's like freaking out now because she knows what Granny Hart is capable of doing. Yeah, she's like, "What did you do? What was it? What did you get? What was the price that you paid? Like, yeah. what, did, what did you pay? Yeah. yeah." And it's like she just tells her, "Like, I gave up my heart. I gave up my my flesh. I gave up my brain." Like, she just she's basically saying she gave everything to do mm-hmm. what she had done and she's like all for billy ben like that like her mom knows the only reason that billy ben has any affection for her is because she had bewitched him 
and at this price. It yeah. all comes together now. So then her mother is obviously freaked out and is like trying to pray. And she's like, well, there's no like saving my soul, all that stuff. But then she's like, if you do love me, you'll keep me locked up in my room tonight. Which I was like, okay, that's interesting that this, she's going to be stuck in this room. And then there's another sequence where I laughed. I could not help it because like the mom's in like the, the front room and you hear this leopard just like just pissed off in this yeah. like the bedroom and you hear it slam against the door. It's effective. And I was worried for a second that the mom was going to open the door and yeah, cause yeah. something to happen. Yeah. But then something dumber happens yeah what, what's that what's the dumb thing that happens so <laughs> we pan out to the outside window which are just wooden closed. shutters they're just closed just There's... shutters that are easily opened by the cat <laughs> you just easily see, you just see these paws come up and just open like just yeah. pull the shutters inward and then the cat just slinks out and that's it it's like oh well did nobody think that that was going to be a thing that would happen you know like that implies that um that Jezebel doesn't know how to open her windows regularly, you know? But it was like I left it. I'm like, oh, well, that wasn't thought out well. So the question I have at this point then is, does she have the animal mind or does she have a human mind still? Like, is she capable of human thought? I don't think so. I think that she... It's just animalistic behavior. I believe so, but there's really nothing in the episode to, to say either way. But the fact that, like, the animal's like, well, all right, like, you know... I have two cats. One of them is a kitten and he has figured out how to open up stuff. He shouldn't. So I'm going to guess a leopard has high intelligence as a cat. That's like, Oh, I'm going to paw at this. It's opening. I'm out. You know, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's easily yeah. fixed. <laughs> like, uh, obstruction out. Yeah. It's oh. like, if like I have house cats, they figure out things they shouldn't. I, I'm going to give a leopard credit for that. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Gets out of the house, runs away. So, um, we see the hunting party. And uh, they're out. They're looking around. They got a dog. Dog catches the scent, and they start they start following the dog's scent, you know, or the, chasing the dog, yeah, chasing yeah. the scent, whatever. Um, and then we find uh, that Elwyn is in her barn because she hears her, uh, her horse, horse having a nightmare. Yeah, the horse <laughs> is fully awake, having a nightmare. She's like, "You having a nightmare?" I'm like, "What does a horse have a nightmare about?" I don't know. No. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's like so she's trying to calm the horse down. And she hears a little bit of noise while she's about to head out. And then she looks up, and there's Jess Cat. She is, like, <laughs> just staring at her. Yeah, like, you see the leopard, and they're all like, oh, they see it. Like, yeah, please. Well, I'm sure you have the dialogue that, like, you've probably written down what the father said. If not, I can oh, say it. Oh, no, no, dude. So, so they're all, they all run in, and the father, her, Ellen's father, is like, I ain't ever seen a cat with spots like that. <laughs> and then he says one of my favorite things I've ever heard in the Twilight Zone. That cat was a witch. Yeah. So they, they take shots at this thing. It just poofs away. And they're like, that cat was a witch. I'm going to say it again. That cat was a witch. I cannot have, I cannot say to you guys how happy that, that, because it's like they're shooting at a leopard and you don't see any bullets impacted. It just puffs away and smoke and it's gone. And they're like, it had to have been a witch. I'm like, what about any of that makes sense? None. Nothing. Uh, it, it, the cat makes no gesture that something happened to it either. It was just like disappears and that's it. Yeah. And then, so. That cat was a witch. A moment later, um, you see Billy Ben look down to the ground and he sees the ring that he had given Jess Bell. Yeah, which also implies that for whatever reason that when she changes that her clothes stay the same except for her wedding ring. Yeah. I don't know. Fell off its paw. It, it it works for story points where Billy Ben now knows something is up, but he knows what's going on. So, 
Yeah. So then, then the weird thing happens here is that it, it seems that the the spell is broken. He's now interested in Elwin. He's like, it, you know, it'd be nice if I could stay up with you the like the, the one night or whatever. She's like, I would like that a great deal. It's like, did you guys just ignore there was a large spotted cat that just disappeared to puff the smoke? And you know, that's we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Right. So then. Um, and I wrote in my notes here. Now that that dark haired girl has gone, I guess it's time to go hit on the blonde bonus. You have a wedding ring already. <laughs> like yeah. Billy bit just is like, you know what? Moving target. Any port in the storm, you know, that, that rings like hot potato, you know, it's just like being ha- ha- handed around like, yeah. Oh, get rid of it. Like remember that ring I gave you previously, but I gave the other girl. It's yours again. I made sure it fits you first. I Don't you that, like me? Yeah. I killed that hell cat and I took its ring back. Yeah. I killed that spotted cat, witch for you. Um, right. so then, uh, we move forward and we find out it's the wedding day between Billy Ben and uh, Elwin. So this is a year later. We find out like it, it says that in dialogue, but it's real. Like it doesn't give you that until a couple of minutes in right? because Jess Bell's mom is uh, visiting Billy Ben on his wedding day. And then um, I wrote, I was like, we've learned that a year has passed during the commercial. That's what we learned. That, that was a long commercial. Um, so then she wants to give him like a gift kind of, and it's actually just bell silver hat pen that we saw earlier. So there is payoff to this. And she's like, it's the one thing that witches are scared of. And then she ends up dropping the knowledge that like just bell isn't dead. She believes she's still out there like haunting or whatever that witches do. Cause witches have weird powers now. Um, so Billy Ben's like, well, I know she's dead. I shot. Like, I don't want to tell you how I know, which is, how do you like what you know you saw you shot at a cat and it poofed away and you picked up a ring? How are you how do you know that that's dead? Billy Ben seems to believe it. Yeah. Well, her, her mom also saw like something that really made her think more was going on anyway. She saw the the a wart toad on uh Jezbe's pillow and um so she she smashed it and it just poofed away in smoke. So she knew that that had to have been Jezbel. Like this is Jess Bell now. She's just changing forms essentially. Like taunting, like you know, like taunting and stalking. Like and witches can't die. She says. And she's they like, you can't kill forms. a witch, you know. And it's like, and it's like, but what if you believe in the word of God? They're like, so it's been told or whatever. Like I love, I love like the absolute rock faith of like of all of this. Where it's like, well, I've heard this. It's like, well, it must be true. Like. <laughs> The good book will keep you safe. I also heard if you drink pop rocks and soda, you'll die. So it's been said. That's how Mikey died. Remember, (laughs) Mikey died that way. I heard if you're driving along a road at nighttime and someone has their headlights off and you flash at them, that's a gang thing and they'll shoot you. So it's been said. Like, (laughs) believe it. Yeah, or not. Um, So uh, then we get to the wedding. Uh, Quick cut to the, the wedding. Everything is. Looking hunky dory. Yeah, the minister wants his cake. Yeah, <laughs> and so he, um, the the wedding's going on, and um, it seems like something's bothering Billy Ben. So he's keeping an eye out, and all of a sudden he he looks over and he sees on um Alwyn, Alwyn's dress that there's a big spider. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes. He tries to be as sneaky as possible. I don't know how no one like said anything. She didn't notice. Whatever. He grabs the spider really quick and he crushes it in his hand and you see the poof of smoke. <laughs> Another point I laughed. It was, it was like gone. Like just gone, you know. Uh, yeah. So then um so, <laughs> so then after that, um they he goes back to uh they go back to his house. 
because they're now married and Elwin's like, carry across, carry me across the threshold, whatever he does it. So then there's this weird moment of like, they're in this house and she's like, oh, something's compelling my hand to try to hit you. Like, and he's like, she's like, I can't control it. And I, and I just, I wrote uh, my notes here. He does seem to have a very slappable face. Cause this, this was almost three for three that happened. Right. Well, but, I, I think she, at this point, she saw that the, the forms were signed and she's like, ah, now it's time to take him out. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now I can get this house, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, this, yeah, whatever. So then they're like trying to look around. She doesn't feel good about this place. She's like, there's something evil going on. And they see, they look over to like a grandfather clock and there's a mouse that's just like climbing up the clock face. Yeah. And they freak out, and then suddenly, somehow, the mouse brings the clock down. Like, and, and she's like, and Elle was freaking out, and she wants to leave. And Billy Ben's like, "No, you stay here and sit in this chair and hold the Bible. It will protect you." <laughs> but don't get out of that seat, and like, don't you like, put the book down. Like this is this has been her house for all of three seconds. She wants to go home, and he's like, "No, you stay here." I'm going to go for a second, but hold on to the holy book. And it's like, why would you do that? So he leaves their whole, her holding the Bible, and he goes to confront uh, Granny Hart about everything. And there, there's actually, but when we go to see her again, there's actually a cool, like, cracked mirror shot of her first. It's, like, kind of this weird shattered thing. It's a yeah. it's cool shot. And then she's, like, getting ready to go out on the town, which is also, like, it's it's applied to what's going on, but it's really kind of cool that she's, like, I know Billy Ben's coming. He's, like, the, like, the prize catch. And then he shows up and she's all like, basically being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got all that. What about me? And yeah. I, it's like, it's so weird, but Starts I like it. Over to I kind of like it, yeah. you know? Like, Oh yeah. So you having all the trouble with all those other girls. Yeah. <laughs> like I Talking put a spell on you, you know? So, uh, so he asked her how to kill a witch. And then she's like, uh, you know, she's like, Oh, I, I, I can tell you how to, she'll cost you, you know, cost you something. He's like, what? locking her hair and she goes to bring her hand like palm up to him and he grabs her like by the wrist and starts putting coins in her hand which i thought had been funny if they were silver but it wasn't silver i guess uh and then it's like she just keeps looking at her hand until it's enough and then she closes it that's a cool it's a cool back and forth between them but it's also like why would you go to a witch to ask how to kill a witch i feel like then you're giving away your playbook yeah that, I, th- <laughs> exactly yeah. like i would just say i know how to take care of her yeah you know yeah, that just, you know, just block her social media and she'll burn herself out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then, yeah. Uh, and so in the meantime, we cut back to the house. Uh, Elwin sees a mouse again. She just drops the Bible immediately and runs away. So it's like everything it was told to do, she just doesn't, you know. And so then uh, we find out that to kill Jezebel, because she's jealous and trying to scare away Elwin, is that we need clothes that she had worn, make an effigy of her, and then stab her in the heart with silver. So he already has the form that was used to make a wedding dress. He goes to get the wedding dress from her mom, brings it back to the house. And as he's going back to the house, there's actually a really cool moment that I was not expecting to happen is when he goes and sees um, Elwin outside and goes to confront her being like, we're good. We're good. And then she turns to him and she's speaking with the voice of Jess Bell and was like, basically like, can we dance? That's creepy. It, it, I don't know. It looked like it to me, but it looked like there was some weird effect over her face too. Maybe. Like, I mean, like just, just, maybe they just used some shadows and stuff to kind of mess with it. But like credit to the actress, she she leaned in and it was creepy. Yeah. You know? like, she had this crazy look in her eyes. She's like, like dance with me in the moonlight. It's like, that was messed up. Like mm-hmm. it, is, it, it feels bad because there's a lot of this episode that doesn't work or there's a lot of it's funny. It's like, 
if they would have given me more of this, yeah. I would have been in a hundred. It was like reminding me of Shocker. Remember yeah, how he was yeah. traveling from body yeah. to body. <laughs> yeah, that's was a horse Pinker was that his name. Yeah, <laughs> Mitch Pileggi and the body of this blonde girl uh, back in the eighteen hundreds. Being like, yeah, dance with me in the moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> but I dug it, and then so then he goes in to uh, put the dress on the like the the is basically like I don't know what you call it. It's like it's. It's it, a wire frame that you use to do embroidery or in like sewing on. Yep. And it's a, it's of a woman's torso close enough for an effigy. I, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to knock it close enough. Yeah. And he stabs it with a silver hat pen. And this is actually one of the few times in the transition with just bell works because it shows uh, her standing there and then she falls. And as she falls to her knees, she fades away. That's actually a cool fade. Yeah, that that that's that actually a really cool, cool fade. Yeah. yeah, way better than the transition scenes. Yeah, earlier. you didn't have smoke. Yeah. You know, like but yeah. So that that frame that essentially disappears, and yeah. now the dress is on the floor, and that's it. She's gone. Yeah, it worked. And then so then uh, Ellen wakes up. She's okay, and then she wants to make Billy Ben supper. Good. She has no she God has no recognition it. of why she's even outside. But like, she has to make her man supper. Yep. <laughs> so then so then we get the last bit of this that's just utterly amazing to me so here i'll like here and just finish the story terry please finish this is this is one of the most amazing endings to an episode i've ever seen and i i liked it too so I, they, they're both look up towards the sky because she ellen sees something and it's a shooting star and she's like oh it's a fallen star my mama said that a fallen star means that there is a witch that died it's like it's essentially like that. Like, and Billy Ben's like, I've heard that too. It's like, who's been telling you this? Yeah, yeah. Like falling stars mean witches are dead. Sure, you know, I, and I, that's 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 your story, right? And it's actually so that it ends with like a song, you know, like it ends with the rest of the folk song, and that's it. This is actually one of like the few episodes that doesn't end with Sterling's narration, which is also kind of interesting. So yeah, that's your story. Um, this is one of the more batshit episodes I've seen of the Twilight Zone, and I'm and there's a lot here I don't like, but there's a lot here I like a great deal, and this is immensely rewatchable. It's just the waffling of of Jezebel in the middle is a little weird, mm-hmm. but there's so much here that I like. It doesn't make it good, but there's a lot I like about it. There's some goofy shit in this one, but I I'd like that. I thought it was I thought it was very like cartoonish. Yes, yeah. So the way that certain characters are like the development between them and everything, I was like, you know what? It's forgivable in certain the the certain things that I didn't like about it, the criticisms I have. But I just the characters are just they're fun. Yeah, I just man, especially it, the witch. Like Grant Granny Hart is she's awesome, man. And I, I just wish I could see more of her and more of her interactions with people because it would have made me feel like she would have been more villainous. You know, but the stories were fun enough. Yeah. No, it was fun. And like I said, this is the best Hamner one I've seen so far. It's just other stuff of his I've not been a fan of. So here, when I alluded to this episode being written less than a week, I was not lying about that. So uh, Herb Hirschman, who took over uh, Buck Houghton's job as producer, which we talked about already beginning of the season here. Uh, Herb phoned um, Hamner one day and said, "Hey, because they had they had a script that was going to fall that was falling through production wise. So there's like Hamner, can you come up with something?" He's like, he asked if I had any script lying around somewhere. I said, "No, but I can I can uh, write you one if you need it." 
Herb didn't think I could write one that fast, but I did. I wrote the first uh, act in one day and then took it to Herb. By July 12th, with you know, regards to whenever he got the call, uh, Hamner had submitted the outline for Jess Bell and was awaiting a, de- a decision. It was approved five days later. So he wrote a scene a day during that week. You, This episode feels like that. Like It just feels like he just kept going on with that. So I thought that was... Um, so I thought that was funny. So then, uh, so James Best uh, said this was his favorite of the three he's done, and because he got to actually, uh, like, basically he got to make out Anne Francis, <laughs> so he was happy about that. But uh, there was, um, he also got to kiss uh, the other the other girl too. So he was all about like the making out. Yeah, he had he had yeah. three women that actually were really digging him. Granny Granny Hart too. Yeah, Gra- yes. Uh, so then, um, so uh, Hamner stated that Jezebel's original animal incarnation was supposed to be a tiger. But Herbert Hirschman told him that at the time, the tigers pro- provided by animal trainers were too hard to work with. That's fair. So Hamner recalled Hirschman phoning him and complaining, I'm up to my ass in tigers. None of them can act. <laughs> <laughs> so it was okay. changed to a leopard. So the original intention was to have a black spotted leopard. Uh, Buzz Kulik, who also said this was his favorite, two of his favorite Twilight Zone episodes to direct, recalled that the leopard also proved very difficult because it had been drugged like to stay on set. Uh, and that despite the extensive precautions taken, including construction of a camera cage, it proved extremely hard to get the leopard to do anything at all. <laughs> and it tended to fall asleep during the shooting. I just feel so bad because this thing was drugged out of its mind and did nothing. So, um, that scene where James best walks out, right. And it was the, the cougar, sorry, cougar, <laughs> Jess bell was behind him. I have a story about that. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, Kulik said this was well-written. That's great. I mean, for like a week long that, you know, that's, I, 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 uh, give him credit for writing this in a week. So Jay's best said at a convention in 2002, I was very fortunate in my early career to do an awful lot of heavies. I got killed a lot and I was very seldom got a beautiful lady to work with until I did the twilight zone with Anne Francis. Um, and then as my career, career, career progressed, I did Dukes of Hazard, and I was stuck with a dog and a hog. <laughs> Dog and a hog. Uh, I think I enjoyed the Twilight Zone as much as, uh, if not more than anyone. The writing in those days was so brilliant. And unfortunately, in this day and age, if you're over 30 and you're not cutting edge, I'm glad I'm dull. You know, so, all right. In regards to the panther in the barn, best recalled, they had the panther on the roof and I had to come out and light my pipe. And I see the trainer out in front of me, which the camera can't see. And he supposedly had control of this animal. So I come out and I hear the trainer say, don't move. And I thought, what the hell is he giving me directions for? He's not the director. Again, I hear don't move. And I thought, holy poo poo, probably holy shit. <laughs> and I backed up and they said, cut. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, we don't have the animal fastened on the, on, on the, we don't have the animal fastened on well enough and he likes to jump on somebody that's below him. I said, can you get a long chain and get on that animal? Because I don't want to come out on that porch again. <laughs> That's shooting in 1960s with animals. Like. Yeah, dude, I I would be pissing myself if I'd be working in that close of pro- proximity of an animal. I mean, I've seen Roar. I, oh gosh, uh, yeah, yeah. We I've talked about Roar. I think because there was the episode, um, the Jungle, yeah, that from season three where there was a lion involved. I we've talked about Roar in the show, and if if people have, like look up the trailer for the film Roar, yes, like the fact that James Best is like. Get a chain, I think. I'm not coming out here a second time. It's yeah. amazing to me. I like, used, I, my mom used to work for Barnum and Bailey Circus, and uh, I've been around big cats in that. They are not easy to control. No. You have to have a lot of time spent with them. 
and they're really, really unpredictable. So, I mean, hey, we've seen it happen plenty of times, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, so I thought that was because uh, the line that was used in, uh, in, in the, the episode The Jungle, I, I guess, was like the, the nicest line in the world and had like a great life. But yeah. yeah, this poor leopard was just drugged out of its mind and didn't want to do anything. And then when it was active, everyone's like, careful, it likes jumping down on people. Like, no, no. It just wants a tussle, would you? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure I'm sure James Best was okay later with a hog and a dog. Uh, so <laughs> a lot, a lot easier to yeah, control. Yeah, a lot easier, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know those Duke boys were a little handsy back in the day. Anyway, so. <laughs> Uh, so like other, I want to point out there's other trivia here that said uh, this haunting love story originally aired on Valentine's Day. Thanks, IMDb. Great, thank you for that. <laughs> and I, I noted also this is this is the only Twilight Zone episode to not feature closing narration because it ended with the folk song, which Hamner he wrote the actual song along with the the, the episode. Because when I was watching this, I was like, is this actually like a folk legend? No, he just kind of all made it up out of whole cloth. That's fine. Like. So it kind of sold the illusion that if you're going to do like this, the the song with it, this is something that supposedly permeated, but I get that he was selling the illusion of that. So I like the folktale aspect of it. Yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. I just wish it wasn't in so many segments of the of the show. Yeah. Like I just felt like it should have probably introed with it, outroed with it, and that would have been enough for me. That's fair. So, all right. So we, I guess, do you have any other, you don't have any other notes? I do about not. The, okay. So I it just got to try this. Uh, the twist that like, you know, you pay the price for love doesn't surprise me. The twist that we would have a leopard, uh, and also other, uh, spiders poofing out in smoke. I didn't see that coming. I didn't, I didn't see all the, um, applications of the word, witch. so I guess I'm going to put this as a three because I feel like I knew that this was going to be a tale of love lost and the price paid, but just how goofy it got. I did not see that coming. Yeah. I, I, I think that they the messages they were they were fun and i like how they worked with the storyline um the i'm on a four for this one though okay. because i didn't expect that that was going to be the change like she was gonna i didn't think she was gonna change into an animal like i i just like i said it was ruined for me because i saw the teaser yeah and i was like there's a leopard that poops in the smoke <laughs> like like so i knew something weird was going to happen I kind of almost wish I hadn't seen that because I would have lost my mind if that took place. Yeah. I just wish that there would have been some more like cattiness between the two the two women, so that like her trying to seek revenge, like the rivalry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I would have enjoyed that back and forth a little bit more because than- the character of Jess Bell disappears for like the last twenty minutes of the episode. Yeah, like it's weird how like she's gone, and yeah, I also I also didn't see coming that as obvious as it is that you you drink this thing that makes your love like that is infatu- infatuated with you i didn't expect them to go full tilt with that because i knew that there would be a bigger curse going on mm-hmm. i didn't expect that so that was cool um so yeah credit to hammer i'm not still not a big fan of his uh down home writing stuff and so you know it is what it is hammer's not one of my one of my favorite contributors to twilight zone but there was a lot here I liked, so that that's probably the closest I'll get to compliments for him. But there were some laugh out loud moments that definitely feel like you wrote the script in a week, you know. So, yeah, fun. That's it. it was fun. It was it was it was it was. Uh, I think it was a little bit. It was nice to have something different. Like we, no, this for is sure, a different for sure. story. You know, like I thought that was cool. Um, you know, this play setting was nice. Something and, not in and space. To, and to, to snap away from like the. 
kind of hard sci-fi of the last episode of yeah. this one. Yeah, so for sure. So. All right, that's going to do it for our talk about Jess Bell. You guys can find us on our Facebook page. It's uh, Strange Highways there, and um, we're we'll posting images from this episode. Hopefully, I'll find some wonderful cat photos to put up. That'd be great. Uh, you guys can uh, email us directly at Strange Highways Podcast. Let us know what, what you think about the show. That'd be greatly appreciated. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Music, wherever. Uh, Marks, that's, that's a local thing. Uh, or Target, I don't know, wherever you find your podcast. If you go to Best Buy and go to pick up the Jordan Peele Blu-ray set of the Twilight Zone, the new stuff, we might be there. I don't know. Just download it on your phone. Yeah. If you, if you listen to podcasts now, look us up on uh, one of those uh, servers. If you don't really know where to find us, uh, do a Google search. Like, you can find us <laughs> I mean, on Google. You've already found us, yeah. but just tell others. Like, well, be like, you know, yeah, recommend exactly. a friend. You know, like, if not, I'm going to bewitch you. I'm going to send a, I'm going to, I'm going to drink a potion and come, come for you guys. I'm going to turn to a cat. It's going to be more like Morris the cat mm-hmm. and not like a leopard. It's going to be an overweight house cat. It's what it's going to be. I'm going to be more Garfield. And he, yeah, hates Mondays. I hate and, Monday. Yeah. I hate Monday. Mondays already. Uh, and then I, I will just listen to my owner, John Arbuckle, make statements that I'm not actively commenting on. Like, did you ever see the, the, the comic strip series Garfield without Garfield? No. Sorry. Yeah. So someone went through and actually took out all of Garfield's like thought bubbles. Okay. So John Arbuckle just looks like a raving lunatic. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's amazing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, that's, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, so next episode is called Miniature. And I feel like the teasers this season have not been so good because Serling has been less involved. However, I, I will tell you who's starring in this episode next, and that'll make you excited. So I'll read the teaser and then tell you who's in it. Next on Twilight Zone, a most unusual program called Miniature. The very eminent Charles Beaumont takes us into a brand new realm of science fiction and fantasy that is the same time intriguing and strangely believable. Robert Duvall is in the episode. I love Robert Duvall. I love Robert Duvall as well. He is a great actor. My God, he's still with us and still doing things. I like, know. Yes. Like, we'll talk about Robert Duvall I need to, next week. I need to dive more into his catalog, man. He yeah. is a great actor. Yeah, and uh, you know, we'll talk about some of his stuff next week. So that's it. Next week's going to be miniature. This week it does it for us for Jess Bell. So I hope you guys have a good week. And in the meantime, um, I don't know. Like, uh, don't, don't go making deals in the midnight hour of time. But go get yourself some witch love. Just died. That cat was a witch.